Are you sheltering in place, isolated, feeling alone? <coughs> well, then you're just like us. Hit me. From Studio P in Sausalito, the home of the quarantined hit, it's time for... Suckatash. Suckatash Shut-In, the Soundcast stimulus package featuring snippets from comedy... Soundcasts. And now, here's your host for this episode, Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Mark Hershaw. Thank you, Bill Haywatt. And welcome, listener, to Epi 229 of Succotash Shut-In, the Soundcast Stimulus Package. I am your every other weekly host, Mark Hershon, as indicated by Mr. Haywatt, and I switch off this vaunted position with the inimitable Tyson Saner. Just last week, he presented episode 228, where he fanned out an array of comedy soundcast clippage from shows that included, of course you realize this means podcast, Cape Crew Radio, and The Mallard Report. You can still plug that installment into your ear holes at our home site, SuccotashShow.com, or any number of Soundcast distribution points on the web, including both Apple and Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, the Laughable app, iHeartRadio, YouTube, and places like that. For this episode, I am once again pushing the mounting stack of clips that I've been gathering off to the side for a second week in a row in order to welcome back a favorite guest and friend of the show, as well as a beloved talent from television, film, and the comedy stage, none other than Dana Carvey. Whether you know him from his tenure on Saturday Night Live with characters like The Church Lady, Hans and Franz, or Garth from Wayne's World, his stand-up specials, his short-lived self-titled sketch show on ABC, it doesn't matter. He remains one of the funniest, most potent comic minds of the last three or four generations. And, as luck would have it, we have him as our guest coming up in just a moment. Now, I didn't get him in a studio or even in a nice, quiet place to chat or even on a Zoom call. What you're going to hear is a casual conversation that I recorded over Skype via Dana's cell phone as he was driving this past Monday afternoon down California's Interstate 5 from San Francisco to Los Angeles. It's a, it's a road trip with Dana Carvey, as often happens on that stretch that I so lovingly have referred to over the years as the Kessel Run. His cell signal dipped out between transmission towers, so we lost a few minutes along the way. You'll know when that happens, because that's when I will insert a commercial from our longtime fake sponsor, Henderson's Pants. And in honor of Dana's visit, we will be advertising their Hooray for Hollywood pants. And when you hear that, you'll know that we'll pop back into the interview already in progress. All right? All right. See you on the other side. Joining us again, probably our, I don't know, one of our best, uh, longest returning guests, Mr. Dana Carvey. Yes, I like one of the best, but <laughs> I'd like to go to the top of the mark today. This is my 187th appearance on Suckatash. <laughs> So, wherever you want to begin, we can go with COVID, we can go with the space uh, station. Uh, 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 interesting. Well, first of all, we ca we're catching you literally on the road. I'm going 81 miles per hour as, I, as I'm podcasting with you. And um, it is sort of a thing. I know it's an idiosyncratic thing, but I only am guests on podcasts when I'm going at least 80 miles per hour. <laughs> I don't know what it means, but 
there's a truck slowing things down. People, people are driving three feet from the bumper at 85 miles an hour. I would. Yeah, so it's an interview with a interview with a diff. Uh, uh, what would you call it? A uh, interview with a degree of difficulty. Yes, I, I'm in a dangerous space. Like for a while, you know, I had this horrible fear of flying, which you know about. Yeah. And I would once in a while take private jets, and I'd bring my art supplies, and I'd wait till we were thirty-five thousand feet, <laughs> and I would just draw stuff. Sometimes the plane or cities. And I always thought it'd be a great art show, just 35,000 feet. You know, you got to have a hook with the art, right? <laughs> I'm in an adrenalized state of terror, seven or eight miles in the sky, and that's where this comes from. Next question. <laughs> so what is it like you're out in the world with COVID going on? You're, you're on uh, the nation's highways and byways today. I love it. I, I love wearing a mask. Um, I just feel like I'm a little kid again. You know, I think that no one listened, but I said, shouldn't Halloween be every day during COVID? Because then everyone's essentially in a mask already, or at least all the kids are safe. That's a good point. Are you wearing a mask right now, may I ask? Yes, but I, I have it on backwards, so I don't, I've just got it at the ready. <laughs> I want to get COVID. I'm just unlucky. I want to be one of those asymptomatic guys. I don't know, man. I just, uh, I guess I took a nap and it was over. What do you, what do you want from me? <laughs> it's a wonderful virus, whoever created it. They did some really cool stuff with it. Whoever might have made it in a lab, I'm not saying, I'm just saying. If it was made in a lab, two thumbs up. <laughs> uh, but this is a, this, this is a little unusual for you to be, um, to be out and about. I mean, you're, normally you're pretty locked down. So what's that been like? I feel like most of my life I, I've just been in my room, basically. So <laughs> I'm amazed that I ever was on, you know, doing stuff because I feel like I'm in my room all the time. But, you know, to me, um, it wasn't that big a shift. What, what should we do, Governor? Get, order pizza and get in your house and watch The Crown, season three. That's, that's it? Yes. I look back at the Black Plague. I look at other other disasters in human history. And I am battling this, and it is tough. Um, I'm watching The Undoing now and The Crown with delicious uh, delicious snacks and treats. But people say, what, you know, why do you want to be home? Well, I have cool snacks. I have cool beverages, I have a piano, a guitar, and I have the world of television and YouTube. I mean, I don't know. Why would you go out is my question to you. It is kind of the pandemic kind of perfect pandemic. storm, right? Yeah, yeah but- you know, work from home. Use DocuSign Kids if you can. DocuSign is a really good way to sign things remotely in these tumultuous times. Now, have you had to do any um, Zoom performances? I know a lot of comics have been doing some things. Uh, have you actually performed uh, via video conference? Yes. Yes. And I told them ahead of time, I go, I don't know. I think Q&A will be better because I think Zoom is like comic waterboarding. You can't <laughs> feel or see, and you just sense that you're dying. So I did do, I, they put me on Microsoft Teams. Okay. But they go, oh, it'll be easy. You know, three days later, I got it hooked up. But yeah, I just was alone in a quiet room 
I had one face on the screen that just stared at me, and I did 45 minutes of stand-up to that face. Well, hello, friends. Bill Haywatt here. You know, as the saying goes, fame is fleeting. But it doesn't have to be. When you become well-known for wearing Henderson's spiffy new Hooray for Hollywood slacks, you'll be doing a star turn every time you hit the town in these ultra-modern, ultra-cool pants because they are custom-fitted, but not customized to your contours. Oh, my goodness, no. Hooray for Hollywood slacks! designed for both men and women have been made to duplicate the look of some of the silver screen's most famous butts and groins. Imagine having your behind mistaken from behind for Cary Grant or Charlize Theron or the daring derriere of Scarlett Johansson or Bradley Cooper. Even the spectacular package of Milton Berle, Forrest Tucker or John Hamm. It's a case of mistaken identity that you'll be happy to have. Not to mention that now as you bump and grind your way down the street, it will be like being on your very own personal walk of fame. Originally designed for Shia LaBeef, most residents of Reseda and the Beverly Hills Police Stalkers Task Force, Henderson's Hooray for Hollywood pants are available wherever the beautiful people are afraid to shop. Plus in Kardashian sizes by special order only. That's Henderson's makers of fine leggings and butt huggers since 1867. And now back to Sakatash. Happy. So that was that became a five hour improv to the point where John Wayne as the Pope. Duke, I've got thoughts. I, I, I got thoughts. I, I'm, I think I'm agnostic. I'm not sure I believe in the church. You'll believe what I tell you, Pappy. You'll believe, all right. Don't make me do what I did last time. So we did this for five hours in a car, and you recorded it. I right? was there. I was the driver. Was was it was exciting. You were the driver, and you recorded some of it, which ended up in the documentary around Johnny Steele, Larry Bubbles Brown, and and Will Durst, Will right? Durst, yeah. Yeah, three still standing, yeah. still there. Because when I was promoting Secret Life of Pets, now available live streaming, uh, <laughs> Patton Oswald came up to me, and I hadn't seen him in a while. He immediately mentioned that and how much he loved the idea of the angry John Wayne about around any kind of fear. It does bring me comfort. I said attack, Pappy. But Duke, there's 10,000 of them and three of us. Yeah, I said attack. You'll attack, all right. Don't make me do what I did last time. But we never know what he did last time. So it's just whatever your mind thinks. Yeah. Oh, man, that's so funny. Oh, uh, Love it. Yeah, riding with you guys was, we've been on several adventures together, you, Larry, and I, um, traveling the... Our trusty, uh, trusty driver, too. We've had Chip Romer, Chip, sorry, Chip. Max from the other Chip, Chip Carr, yes. who drove a car, best driver in the world, great audience, so he also drove us all around Northern California to gigs, and we just laugh at for hours at night. I mean, if we could have got those tapes oh, somehow. Yeah, I we wish we'd recorded those. If we'd recorded those, we'd be rich men. Oh, no, we wouldn't. But we'd be able to... Uh, yeah, we'd be... <laughs> we'd have... Well, po- we'd be rich, but we'd want more. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> um, Most people get money, worry about losing the money, so they're not even happy they have the money. 
what uh, what kind of shape do you think uh, the country's in at this point? Just a sort of random question, uh, because I know you like to observe what's going on around you. And what do, what do you think we have in store for us? I think it all's all working and all looks good. <laughs> <laughs> I think that uh, what I do, first of all, I keep my expectations low. So when the Celebrity Apprentice guy became president, I was thinking this could be a real shit show. Like on day one, we're launching nukes, we're launching them, excuse me, we're launching them suddenly, we don't get where they go. So everyone had these high expectations, apparently, around the Celebrity Apprentice guy being the president. So I, I was always constantly uh, happy that water was flowing, we had goods and services, stores were open, there was no nuclear war. So I, 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 I thought it was a, sl- a home run because I thought he'd launch a nuke on day one. So <laughs> once he did launch nukes, I was really happy, super easy. <laughs> Secondarily, early in the pandemic, I read a book about the Blitz in London called The Splendid and the Vile. And it was a covid thing, except that heads were exploding in the street. <laughs> it was like 900 Nazi bombers overhead bombing. So that calmed me down, too, because like I said, it was just watch TV and have pizza easy on the beer. So um, it's all about perspective. I get really, if I start getting down, then I just go to the Black Plague in the Middle Ages where whole, whole villages are wiped out. There are like six people left eating part of a rat. You know, so it's all about perspective. Most human beings were dead by 29 for about 2 million years. And it, it got us up to maybe 40, 45 or 49 by the last century. And remember this always, the poorest person in America is better off than the richest man in America 100 years ago. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Interesting. There was no, no medicine, no real vaccines, no stents, no heart surgery, no, there was uh, no air conditioning. Rockefeller would take him six weeks to get from New York to L.A., and he would sweat the whole way through. He'd get on the, he'd get on the train at, you know, 180. He'd arrive at, like, 86 pounds. You know, it was like... It was rough days. <laughs> so this whole idea of a hundred-year thing and perfection, I'm still amazed by stores. I go into a Whole Foods, how much fucking food there is. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we just forget. I my, my Irish relatives came, poor Irish relatives, and they went in their first supermarket. They went around the corner, and they said, My God, look at all the cereal! <laughs> They just could not believe why we needed 300 choices of cereal. They're, you know, Special K, it's Cinnamon Special K, regular Special K, Cherry Special K. <laughs> My God, because they just have a pantry with one thing, it's called cereal. You know, so <laughs> I do know one thing, that if we all turned off the machines, the machines, the, the, the robots, basically, make the machines, uh, who said they first order of their company was do no evil missed it by that much <laughs> but the machines want to keep us on the machine and they the, the robots found out that human beings when it's outrageous and dangerous breaking news we can't stop looking and this just in which is the thing we did breaking news so what the situation is we're all being hypnotized into darkness because mm. remember they're still running water there's still there's still groceries and my brother Scott who loves beer 
no humans could ever be depressed because there's a big truck full of ice cold beer on a tarmac heading toward you at any given moment of any given day. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, I have no expectations of life, so I'm like, I'm pretty easy. You know, I'm waiting for the aliens. I want aliens to come down, and I would nominate you as the guy to talk to them. And I'm not even kidding. So, so you want to be you want to be the ambassador to the aliens? No, I want you, Mark. Oh, you want me to be the ambassador? Okay. You be the ambassador because you would you, you're mellow. You're very very. You don't get real excited. You, the only time I ever saw you get a little jumpy was on this private jet from Vegas to L.A. at night, where we were at the restaurant before we left, and the trees were going sideways. Yeah. And you pointed. You looked at. And I hate to fly. And you point and you go, uh-oh, the trees are going. <laughs> and yet the, 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 pilot, the, the pilot was gung-ho. He said, I think we can make it. If we don't get out now, we may not get out at all. Right. We're going to pivot around the storm. We're going to head north, climb as high as we can, and try to pivot around the edge of these dual storm clouds. And so it was rock and roll. If you don't have a seatbelt, you're flying around the little teeny cabin. And finally coming in over L.A., we hit some really big drops. And um, you were already sound asleep. Whenever there's any turbulence, Mark just goes out. So then your left eye just opened like a quarter of, just barely open and looked at me just for a second. <laughs> we landed, and I did Jay Leno's Tonight Show the next day, and I killed. So it was a good, good weekend. It all worked out. You don't know what comedy is unless you fly with me on a private jet, because I am out of my fucking mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, you uh, you go through some interesting calisthenics in the sky. <laughs> uh, I just can't shut off my imagination. You know, I just keep thinking of what, how will people react when when really bad stuff happens. Sometimes I had some flights where okay, truly bad stuff is happening. I got immediately calm because it's what I was expecting. <laughs> you also get I a sense of calm. Out of Oregon, and they hit, they did it wrong. They landed wrong, and they they almost stalled the plane. And yeah, I got very calm. Interesting, because you the other thing that sort of calms you is if the pilots will let you be sort of up in the cockpit where you can see what's coming. Yes, I do. I've been in the jumper seat a lot. I know a massive amount of, about private jets. I've I've been you know I've had the headset on. I do the thing and. Um, and it, I, I, you know, truth be told, if it's a good flight and it's smooth and it's daylight and it can be very fun, you know. I, I also, you know, I have a few little, uh, you know, kind of Amstel lights, just a little bit of liquid courage. But then I can get, I can kind of go, yeah, this is good. Because I remember when my wife was having a baby and the pregnancy went perfect and there was a little glitz, like, he said to me, and it turned out great, so no one's worried listening to the story. He goes, Things that things that go good normally stay good. So I try to tell myself, be terrified for two minutes, and then your odds of crashing go down like 19 million times. It's just the first 120 seconds when you literally, Mark Hershon, as the plane goes down the tarmac, you just put your head back and you're out like a light. You just literally have never been awake taking off. You're just, I've never... It's you're true. Sorry. It's true. I like, do. I kind of pass right out. Yeah, I'm just in my mind going through all these nightmare scenarios. But I don't know. I envy the dead. I think it's fine. I've lived a good life, and whatever happens is cool. 
you do you were a good researcher you research stuff and i'll just use this as a springboard but like when you are going to be flying say in a private plane you will find out or ask i don't know how often you actually discover it but what year was the plane made oh i know all about the plane because in the early days i was sent on um like bill gates sent me this lear 25 and the pilot got on and he had cowboy boots and then he, when he took off, he went straight up and he goes, how'd you like me? How, how'd you like those G's I pulled? You know, and I'm only, the plane is like my head. I'm five, eight. It's hitting the ceiling. <laughs> and then over time, I found out there were certain planes. Well, those, this is the, uh, this is the, the 55, you know, the 60 has the radar. This doesn't. I said, well, would you like the radar? This is me to the pilot. Oh yeah. But we look out for it. We, we have other means. So then I'm like, can I get the plane with the advanced ground proximity one? But then that's scarier because they get close. All you hear is pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up. <laughs> that's not what you want to hear unless you're trying to diaper a toddler. Good night. <laughs> um, no, the, uh, so I did over time. And also in the early days, I didn't understand East Coast weather. So I'm flying into Orlando in August trying to land at 5 p.m. And every time the sky would turn black and we'd have to divert. So after that, I would look at weather. Oh, is it going to be crazy? Should we go in the morning? So I'm a, I'm a bit nutty, but, you know, we had fun times on the trips that we went on. Oh, absolutely. But it's oh, interesting. Absolutely. And I think this is reflected in your comedy and in your impressions is you're kind of, I don't want to say you're a fan of minutia, but you get into the minutia of stuff. I remember sort of history elements. There was a book you read that you told me a lot about. I think it was Guns, Bullets, and Germs. Oh, germs, or something. germs, Guns, and Steel about the development of of the modern world. Yeah, and, all, it, and how much climate played such an enormous influence on how people did where they were in the people. The yeah, and you just and, dive yeah. into the details of that stuff like I've never seen anybody do. Um, I guess that's a good thing. I, I, I feel like I just go, I try to distill it to very simple things, but if it's true, then it's fantastical, which is a great part of studying history, astronomy. And just when I first heard that every atom in my body was in a star somewhere in a solar system and made its way to me. And then after I go, and then our sun blows up, my atoms will become a star again. So I started as a star. I'll end as a star, and during my life, I was a star. <laughs> you set me up. Uh, but they said, you know, these people are migrating through Africa, and then they're going through India, and they're down near the water, whatever's over there, Southeast Asia, and they break off into two groups. One group goes south, one group goes a little north or drift. They're on different islands. One island is very cold or very hot, but they can't, they don't have the resources or energy to develop. So they stay kind of primitive. The other people go to a temperate island, and so they learn agriculture and farming so they can feed people who can sit around and think how to kill other people. So eventually they, they invented canoes, went back to their ancestors from a few generations ago, and killed them and took over their island. <laughs> and then said, this is a shithole. <laughs> well, why didn't we? Why did we have to kill them? I don't know. I guess it's just we're killers. We're just killers. Oh man! Oh. Hilarious. Yeah, the, the planet is amazing. Trump's just and our 
politics, COVID, all of it. It's just it's just part of the part of the deal. But uh, whatever those old white racist guys thought of, they they have some pretty good uh, checks and balances. I mean, we are we are we strain against our constitution all the time. We'll okay. see if we get past this crisis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, but uh, I I think we will. I think there's too many checks and balances. Um, with the election season uh, sort of uh, almost over, uh, it oftentimes will bring a crop of new personalities uh, to the forefront. Anybody in particular you're excited about being able to do uh, impressions of or make fun of? Well, I mean, I'm instantly working on a Biden. I don't know if I could do it now since I'm driving and my voice is, you know, but I, I could send you a recording. But I did become fascinated by the challenge of that. And um, there's a lot of rhythms to tease out, but there's two there's two things got to happen with an impression. And Biden has been around for 50 years, but now he's really in the fore, and he's Biden at 78, so he has his own different um, type of language, and and obviously you know he's just a little slower as most everyone is. And I uh, became interested in teasing out an impression of. Uh, I'm assuming soon to be President Joe Biden, because in the old days, you do the old movie stars. Everyone knew Jimmy Stewart. But now because of the fracturing of society, the the political impressions are the ones that kind of the whole audience knows. But I take it as a challenge to make Biden interesting. He's a little um, he's a little boring. I mean, he's not Ross Perot. He's not Trump. You know what I mean? He's a he's more kind of like George Bush Sr., before I abstracted him, everybody was like, after Reagan, we're, we're cooked. What are we going to do? So I, I do start teasing and extrapolating the rhythms and finding little things that he says and extrapolating. So I'm, I'm, I'm a work in progress, and I you know, I would do it now, but I know I, it, it, it's a little soft. It needs a good mic on it. Yeah, no, no, no worries. Yeah, Just no, no, uh, no, more curious about what, uh, who well, sort of let, popped let up for you. you let me ask you a question. Besides Biden, who would you like me to do? Because then I'll try it. Oh, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I said I, it seems like some of these Fox News people have tried to become, uh, you know, uber personalities in support their support of people like Trump. Like, uh, is there a Sean Hannity that's worth doing? I mean, does anybody well, care? There, there, there definitely is. You know, I, I, you know, I'd be curious. That would be just a test. Um, if I did it, um, how? What would the audience like? Half get it and half not. I mean, you know that they are the highest rated cable. But the other, but I don't know. I don't know. Like I think Tucker Carlson has some really funny rhythms and a really funny laugh. But I noticed that SNL doesn't do him, and I'm just wondering if they think that that SNL audience would kind of go, who's that? You know, they would recognize it, but would they recognize the rhythms? Because he always laughs whenever he, he gets someone on there and he thinks he's got him. He goes, ha, 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 we're insane. <laughs> you know, so there is stuff there. Maybe I will try Tucker Carlson and just see how it goes over. Yeah, SNL tends to yeah, they, they don't do those. Right? No, they tend towards the CNN people like the Wolf Blitzers and uh, Anderson Coopers. Yeah. Um, 
and they're they're funny. I think that their audience is more not watching Fox News. I don't know, <laughs> but I'm trying to think. In the olden days, you just did everybody. In the olden times, <laughs> we'd make fun of everybody. We didn't care who it was. Yeah, that's we'd sort take of interesting. Down a liberal, yeah. I mean, who does bridge the gap between uh, the widening sort of left-right audiences we have in the country? Well, we're just that we're not, we've lost our sense of humor uh, without any judgment about whether we should or not about politics right now in general. Um, You know, I find conservative audiences a little easier, to be honest. Um, I don't think they think they're saving the world. Uh, The liberal audiences have a, they're a little weightier sometimes because they're really, really worried. I I think the conservatives like global warming. Come on. What are you talking about? Or yeah. they think it's God's will or yeah. something, you know. But I uh, I don't know if you find that true. People might think that a liberal audience... Well, look, I, I, I would say just in general, and it started maybe 15 years ago, if you're going to do political comedy, the audience seems to like you to have a, a really strong point of view politically out out in front of it, and then you get a crowd of people that agree with you and it's a different kind of comedy it's part comedy and part kind of a rally in a way you know yeah get the woo (laughs) (laughs) with johnny carson i'll tell you this mort saul told me uh who's a famous i guess you call him liberal but brilliant and and he was liberal uh in that 60s 70s sense he comes on he does his his um stand up on the Tonight Show and he comes over the audience is clapping and Johnny Carson leaned in and said I agree with everything you said but if I if I said that publicly I wouldn't have a show <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I, I'm a little old school in the sense that I want to have the latitude of, of uh, making fun of asymmetrically all over the place as opposed to being locked in you know but yeah. it's not that I don't have political opinions I just want to be funny you know, I mean, I, I admire people who can just go up, preach to the choir, uh, you know, hey, he's a dick, and they crap, you know, but to me, I want to be funny. Yeah, and so stepping Sorry, away from the, <laughs> stepping away from the political thing, so in a increasingly sort of fractured audience with YouTube and, uh, you know, Instagram and TikTok and all these things, what, what do you think is where sort of the essence of comedy lives because there's so many different sources now. I, I don't think there'll ever be a common denominator. We'll never see, you know, a band. The Beatles came on to 70 million, uh, you know, essentially like like having a TV show with 175 million watching. You know, now the Oscars gets like 10 million, used to get 80 million. So I don't think we could put the genie back in the bottle. The cool thing is that, you know, the aggregate audience via the world now, uh, maybe three billion. If you go, you just take YouTube. So the audience is three billion. I'd be thrilled with maybe one million hardcore fans, <laughs> but that would mean that hundreds and hundreds of millions of people would would never hear my name. So I, I think it's I think it's good. It's the egalitarian, the democratization of of celebrity. could see that Perry did a tweet and it's like 150 million and I'm, I'm looking at 3200 kind yeah. of going now nah, I don't think so <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, I'm just grateful for all of it the fact that I just made a living 
all this time doing doing comedy uh, is unbelievable. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, listen, I want to uh, let you get back to paying attention to the road. And uh, thanks for uh, thanks for your time and revisiting us here in Succotash. I had two near misses. I just missed a bumper. Um, one guy slammed on his brakes behind me, and I uh, I swerved over two lanes to miss a truck while I talked. Wow, it was so cool. I never would have guessed. But I'm going to return you now to your drive so you can focus on what you're doing. All right. Just so your audience can picture where I am, I'm, I can see the grapevine, and I'm about to enter the canyon. So uh, it's been a pleasure, Mark Flershon. I mean, Mark Flershon. I mean, Mark Hershon. <laughs> Once again, we proved that really even good comedians from our from our era can be very very boring. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing in the tradition. Well, the tradition of put them to sleep. If you can't make them laugh, laugh anesthetize them. <laughs> All right, Dana. <laughs> safe travels, and I'll talk to you soon, buddy. Take care. Bye. Pleasure. Bye-bye. Well, there you go. Again, not the best sound quality in the world, but we did get to spend about a half an hour in the car with Dana Carvey for free. I hope you enjoyed it. Tyson Sainer will be back in the saddle next week with Epi 230 and a trio of comedy soundcast clips. And I will be back the week after that with probably my own collection of clips unless another interesting guest pops up on my radar. And there are actually a few floating around that I'm slated to talk to in the coming weeks. In the meantime, if you're in the United States like me, best wishes on getting through this post-election madness, the worsening COVID crisis, and probably the weirdest Thanksgiving since the pilgrims and Native Americans first sat down for dinner. Please remember to wash your hands, wear a mask, and just don't be a dick or a baby or a dick baby when it comes to following local rules and regs for dealing with the coronavirus. And while you're hunkered down, If some quarantine friend asks if you've heard any soundcast recently, please remember to pass the succotash. You've been listening to Succotash Shut In, the soundcast stimulus package, with your host, Mark Hershon. Brought to you by Henderson's Pants, from Poetry.com, and... Imagine your company's name right here. Find us on the web at SuccotashShow.com, on iTunes, on Stitcher, on iHeartRadio, on YouTube, on SoundCloud, on the (laughs) laughable app, and tattooed on your mother's rear end. You can hear us streaming and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Succotash Show. Email us at marc at succotashshow.com. Or call into the Succotash Skype line at our toll call number 818-921-7212. You can also upload clips from your favorite comedy soundcast directly to us using our direct upload link at hightail.com slash you slash Succotash. Production of Succotash is overseen by Joe Paulino through the auspices of Studio P. Sausalito, the home of the hit. Our hosts are Mark Hershon and Tyson Sainer. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is still Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, reminding you to please wash your hands and pass the Succotash. Goodbye. Hello. Hello there. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> I, I hear you. Do you hear me? I do. Is there any echo or anything from your end? 
There is, but there always is because of the way I set this up. So you don't have to worry about it. It sounds fine. Okay. Whatever you say, I can always call you back and all that stuff. Nope. You know, the old, I think, turn it on and off. I, I think the way this is set up, it's working perfectly. Fantastic. This has been a Succotash Patch production. <laughs>